All right. Well, welcome to episode number seven of the Stories We Live podcast. Today, we have a special guest joining us, Robert, right? His name is Robert. Yeah. Or Robbie. Robbie. But you gave him a new stage name for the Killer Bee Studios. What was that? Robbie GQ. Robbie GQ, because uh, unfortunately you guys can't see this if you're not joining <laughs> us live in the metaverse. But Robbie G went and put on a snazzy suit for us for the interview. <laughs> so which he really did. Awesome. You know, Meta. I mean, maybe Zuckerberg, if you're listening, they could really use some clothes updates. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've been trying to find a new outfit, but. Uh, I can't even tell half the time if it's for a girl or if it's for a boy. See, that's what I'm concerned about, though, is if I choose the wrong outfit and then all of a sudden we get legs and I show up and I'm walking around in high heels, I won't even know it, but everybody else will see <laughs> that I'm walking around in high heels. So, Well, you better get practicing walking. <laughs> Robbie joined us to share his story of how people saw him differently in real life. Uh, Meta Olivia, have you? can you relate to that at all? Absolutely. All the time. People think I'm mean. I don't know why, but they do. Well, maybe we can talk about that a little bit after the podcast so everybody doesn't hear the why. (laughs) I'll share that with you personally. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Well, with that, I think that we should go ahead and start the episode. Welcome to the Killer Bee Studios, Robert. I want to give you just about 30 seconds. If you want to just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Who is the Robbie G? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, Geez, I don't I don't even know how to answer that. I'm just your average normal everyday white guy, really. <laughs> Robert, give an interesting fact about yourself. Go. I used to be a uh a intensive care unit um CNA yeah. slash rhythm interpreter secretary. Yeah, so that cool. I used to interpret rhythms and in, uh and uh work with people in critical care. Was, See, uh, that's not that a long so time average. <laughs> What are some of the things that you do in Horizon? Well, I, I'm involved with the Soapstone, so I uh, I produce there and help them with their events. And I also go around. I, I help moderate for other people um, if they need it. I play around, talk to people, socialize. When you, you started sharing your story with me about how people see you or saw you in real life, it made me feel like this is a good topic to talk about. Here we are in Horizons. And we all can make ourselves look as however we really want. Uh, and probably in real life, maybe we are seen a little bit differently. So I would love for you to share. Tell us a little bit about your story. We were talking about uh, how other people see you and interpret your behavior. And by the way you look, how you act, the things you say, your attitude. And uh, on the inside, I'm, I'm a nice guy. You know, I, I mean, you said a lot of nice things about me, and sometimes I'm thinking there might be somebody else next to me that you're talking to because <laughs> I, I can be a real jerk at times, too. <laughs> but um, uh, the, 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 my self-image, the way I saw myself was way different than what people around me saw in real life. Like I was real – I was going through a, a pretty difficult time. I had to go get some help for it, get put on medication and – really just bring myself to a, a point where um, I was actually actualizing the person that I wanted to be outwards, you know, so other people, because I, I was pretty scary, you know, I was very um, unkind or, and I just, and you were going to see it my way, or I was going to talk to you until you did, mm. you know, and, and this attitude came out. I'm not sure how I got that way, but event, it eventually uh, became an issue. And, um, I didn't know this, you know, it was everybody else's fault. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Because if you didn't do those things, then I wouldn't have to act like this, you know, that kind of reasoning. And it wasn't until I saw myself on uh, camera, um, and uh, I, I hate to admit it, but it was body cam footage <laughs> oh. where I actually got to see mm-hmm. what I looked like from another person's point of view. I was like, holy cow. It was a real um, – I don't know what kind of a moment it was, but it kind of made me have to sit down and really – try and understand what's going on here and so here we are wow. this is what we're talking about i guess what was your initial feeling when you when you saw the the, the footage i was deflated i was really deflated about that this i i saw myself for the first time from another person's point of view that um that i became this person that i uh quite frankly don't know how i got there yeah. you know and it's um have you ever heard of skillet they're probably oh, one of yeah, the oldest christian skillet. bands yes. ever yeah, yes. they uh they got a song on their Awaken Alive album called uh, Monster, I think it's called, or I yes. Feel Like a Monster. Yeah, yep, I Feel yeah. Like a Monster. Yeah, he yes. says that, uh, he says, sometimes when I lie, I know you're on to me, uh, and sometimes mm-hmm. I don't mind how hateful I can be. And I think that that, you know, isn't unique to myself, but that album was really part of uh, bringing me around to help me realize that there's this, this, uh, this person inside of me that uh, was like a monster, you know, mm. and um, it started me on my journey to getting right, <laughs> not being like that. So and uh, I, I, I bounce back once in a while, you know, yeah, it, it's feelings yeah. are a hard thing to control. Did you like ever have a family member or a close friend or anyone that had kind of like tried to take you aside and say like, Hey, Robert, do you know how you come across to people or the way you, your actions are making people feel or anything like that? That's a, that's a great point. Um, the The reality of it was is they did. They were. They were trying. They were telling me for mm-hmm. years that, you know, you need to cool it. And I was like, what do you mean you need to cool it? I need to cool it. <laughs> yeah. And just so yeah. I would get an attitude over that, you know, and I just uh, – because I, I just didn't see myself as the one that had the uh, – the, the issues. The pro- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, absolutely. They were all trying to tell me, but it wasn't sinking in. It's interesting how our mind can like, we can see things so much different than, differently than others around us. You know, I want to hear more about your transitioning after realizing this. How did you process and become the better yeah. version of you that, that you knew was inside you? Uh, have you ever heard of the joke, how many psychologists it takes to change a light bulb? It only takes yeah. one, but the light bulb has to really want to change. You really <laughs> have to. Yeah, yeah. You have to be honest it's with true. yourself, and you have to recognize when you're in the wrong, and and be truthful with yourself to start with, and then you have to be willing to want to change and to get the help necessary to uh, start that journey. And so that's how it happened. You know, when, once I realized uh, what was going on and that I was the problem and it wasn't everybody else, they're just reacting to me, you know, because I'm a, I'm a 250 yeah. pound, six foot tall guy. And um, could could you imagine like yes. Dwayne The Rock Johnson knocking on your door or no. John Cena? <laughs> that's actually really interesting because like you were, you know, you're a, you're a big guy, right? So yeah, did people find you scary too? I mean, if, if you're responding like that, intimidating and well, scary, like. Just like John Cena or, or Dwayne Johnson, they they're really really nice people. But can you yeah. imagine them with a bad attitude? No, <laughs> blaming everybody no. else for their behavior. You know, yeah. that, that would that be a be very pretty, scary proposition. That'd be pretty scary. Is there any things that you could share with people 
as you started going through this transition? Um, you said you got help well, and stuff. Yeah, I went and got help. I, I had to, um, I, I, I called, actually what I did is I walked into the local uh, behavioral health uh, facility. It was a state, it's a state funded thing here in Texas where uh, okay. you, you go in, they have psychologists and counselors and support groups. You know, it's not like it was, uh, it, it wasn't residential. It was just somewhere like if you have a, an ongoing mental health issue, you go there, especially if you don't okay. have a whole lot of money and, and the state will pay for it. But um, and at the time I didn't I wasn't I didn't have disability. I wasn't um, I didn't have any insurance. So that was really my only option. So I walk in there and said, I, I need an appointment. You know, I got I, there's something wrong <laughs> with me. And mm. and they uh, they stopped me right there and said and told me that I can't they don't take walk ins. I had to call the crisis hotline to um, get a referral and then they could start seeing me. And so that's what I did. I called the, I went home, called the crisis hotline, you know, and they run me through a few questions, you know, why, what's your problem? Uh, what, what makes you think you have an issue and how is this going to help you? And I just answer those questions, you know, this is my behavior. This is what I'm doing. I'm not happy with it. I'm scaring people. Um, and I think it's me. I think I have a problem with this. Mm. And, uh, well, what, why are you doing it? And I, and I said to him that I just, I'm not so far above myself to admit that I have an issue if there's a possibility that I might have that, have a problem there. So I need yeah. to go and get evaluated and see what's going on. And so that started this, they, they gave me the referral and I went back. And so to make the long story short, I met with a psychologist and did hours and hours of questionnaires interviews and all that stuff and got got my label <laughs> um, they uh mm. they labeled me bipolar type one the worst bipolar you can get <laughs> mm. so i was very wow. out of control and um unlike uh i say normal person but i mean i think the normal is the only abnormal but i when i get upset i get really upset when i'm sad i'm really sad yeah. and i'm really happy yeah. and, and i'm just extreme like that so yeah um, they started me on medication. Uh, I was on medication. I saw counselors to help me deal with and get the coping skills that I needed to learn because what I was doing was actually learned behavior, you know, being mean and scary and everything. That was actually a learned behavior. That's the way I learned to cope with uh, my reality. Okay. And so, wow. So I had to relearn myself. I had to do some self-behavior modification, basically. And the medication just helped give me that edge to be able to do that. Wow. And so I'm not that's, on medication I mean, now, but. That that says a lot about you, too. Like, you wanted the real you to be present. You didn't want this. You didn't like that version of you. So I played country music for, like, 10 years. Uh, I actually got pretty heavy in alcohol. Uh, we played music because we loved doing music, but then I started getting to the point where I wanted to become somebody. Uh, and through that, I started partying a lot, drinking a lot. Uh, and I started becoming a pretty mean person at times. I always thought people were out after me. I always thought people were out to get me. Everybody was against me. I couldn't even walk through the store without thinking that person's up to something, that they're thinking something. It wasn't until years later that our drummer started sending me videos like hey i found some old videos of us playing you should check it out and i watched it and when i saw it i was like i was disgusted with myself i'm like man i was a real jerk it's surprising when you see yourself on footage uh that, that's exactly what started me on a, a path of realization that i that there was something going on with me 
<laughs> that, that that was exactly what happened. Olivia, have you have you ever experienced anything like that? Uh, people say that I come off in the beginning as kind of like mean or what they call like RBF, which if you don't know what that stands for, you can go look it up. Um, but my face just, <laughs> they say it doesn't look very pleasant when they meet me. So they think I'm mean until I get to know, they get to know me. Robert, when you actually got your diagnosis, did you kind of feel like some sort of relief that you actually could put a name to, mm -hmm. you know, what was going on? Or was it kind of like, oh my, because, you know, you were told that you had bipolar or that you were bipolar. Like, what was your feeling around that? It felt... It felt amazing, actually, to be able to have a label to help me understand that this is this is an actual thing. You know, it's in the yeah, DSM. Yeah. You know, right. this is something that happens to millions of people across the right. world, and uh, that it that I don't know if it's a chemical. Is it a chemical imbalance? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe uh, I'm just yeah. a super sensitive person. But now I have. Uh, a label and I mean I was ecstatic. I mean I was so happy I was telling the neighbors, hey, I'm bipolar. Come to find out <laughs> yeah. that's probably not a great idea. <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a big stigma about it. And oh, I've there is. to keep it to myself yeah. for the most yeah. part. Yeah. But I was super excited. And I mean I, I couldn't be more excited to go and see have my next visit to get help. Yeah. And, and yeah. did that um and, did that help with like your relationships then? Were you able to go back and talk to those family members and friends and say like, hey, you know, this is what is going on with me. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. Or what was like your, what were your relationships like after that? Um, They didn't, they didn't believe it. I had to show them. In fact, that's what my counselor was telling me is that, um, Sometimes it takes a while for people around you, especially your close people or friends and family. Uh, it takes them a while to get up to speed with the fact okay. that you did change and that you are on the road of uh, a so, path of self betterment. And uh, yeah, yeah, and it did. Um, even after uh, after a few years, I, I moved down here to Texas after my mom died, and uh, my family didn't know me. They haven't seen that new person. And so when I came down, they were totally expecting me to fly off the handle and get upset yeah. over everything and that mm -hmm. I was going to act a certain way. So they just naturally started acting that way toward me. Uh, and I had to tell yeah. them I had to tell them over and over again that uh, that I'm not like that anymore. You're not going to see that kind of behavior out of me. And so you can just stop it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, it took it took a while. I mean. To tell them was one thing, but for them to actually see it and believe it and get on board with you was a struggle. It, it took a it took quite a while, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, and I had to be I had to have that uh, grace in myself to give to them so that I could mm. allow them to adjust to, you know, and not be offended by it. That that was a yeah. real big issue for me is I needed to uh, just let them. Uh, be okay with the fact that they still think I'm that jerk that they used to know until they get to see it and be like, you know, yeah. someday yeah. they'll see, you know, and, and let that naturally organically happen. Yeah. It's almost wow. like the yeah. actions speak louder than words 
type of thing for some people. I feel like that's how I am with people of like, cool, you've said that until I see the change, then I'll start believing you. Yeah. Yeah. And people always tend toward the negative. They'd be like, yeah, okay, we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) That was the initial reaction. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which that has to be hard for you on the receiving end of that. It was. It was very hard for me to, uh, to, um, I mean, having a, an emotional control issue with, or behavior control issue. And, you know, that was one of my things is I wanted to, uh, I, I wanted them to get it right off the bat. And I had to yeah. find it within myself to be okay with the fact that they're not going to get it right away. Yeah. It's not something that, uh, I want you to get to know me first before I yeah. go off and tell you that. Cause I learned yeah. the hard way yeah. that. That it's not great. You don't say, hi, my name's Robbie, and I, I'm bipolar, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't want to do that. You want, you want them to see right. who you are first before, right. you, before you tell yeah. them something like that. Because there's yeah. a stigma. You know, they think you're going to go is. get a gun and blow yeah. somebody away or something, you know. Yeah. Um, no. Or that they're going to – that you're going to have a freak out and hurt somebody. You know, that, that yeah. was a real, a real issue for me. So definitely. Well, I'm going to open up if anybody has any questions, you go back and hit that Q&A and we'll definitely bring you up for some questions. Hey, Robert, I just wanted to say, you know, it's it's first of all, let me let me say this. Robert is one of my favorite people here. He is so helpful, so supportive. Like, you know, he's one of those people that you don't have to ask more than once. He's not someone that needs to be patted on the back. If he says he's going to be there for you, he's there. So thank you for that, Robert. We appreciate you so much. He's in our group of people that, that do a lot here. You know, we, we moderate, we, we support each other. And, and in the metaverse, there's a lot of people that have already kind of formed a family and he's definitely in ours. And so thank you for that, Robert. But more than that, what I wanted to say is that how brave, how uh, how wonderful and brave that you not only addressed your own issues, you looked in the mirror and said, hey, it's me, not you, which people don't really do too much. Um, you did it. You went out there and you sought help. And now you're here sharing. And that is a, a beautiful combination that gives you peace and freedom, I think. Does it? Because I, I think I see that. And if if mm-hmm. your story helps other people see you know, maybe I should take a look at myself. You know, what a beautiful gift you've given him. So thank you for that, Robert. And and wow, what, I, I was so shocked when I heard this story because I would have never expected that from such a beautiful soul like this. So thank you, Robert. Yeah. We love you. Your family out here loves you. So thank awesome. you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I can tell you that um, there's people that I know that could benefit from from seeking help. But for one reason or another, they don't. And I think the statistic is only 50 percent of people with some kind of mental illness actually seek help. Yeah. Mm. So they go their whole life in a in this condition that and, and they could have had a much richer, fuller life if they would just go and have those issues addressed. But they don't want to admit it for one reason for one reason or another, like a bipolar. You, my offspring have a 50, 50 percent chance of being bipolar. So oh, wow. if I have two children, more likely than not, one of them is going to be just like me. So with that, I would love to ask, what is something that you would say to somebody that maybe is listening? Because, you know, this will be on the podcast and stuff. People that's listening that might think, maybe I should go seek help. Like other people have been saying that to me about myself. Oh, man, I, there's so much that I could say because uh, there's a lot to tell. 
about the whole yeah. thing, but um, uh, just be willing and open to to accept the fact that it's not the whole world against you. It's just yourself, you know, and you yeah. need to be able to be willing to accept that, I guess, and 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 then be willing to get the help. You know, I mean, it's 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 difficult, and it's, nobody wants to point the finger at themselves. You know, it's not for mm -hmm. other people. It's it's for your better self betterment on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And everybody good. else don't matter when it comes to your um your what do you yeah. call it your your health, your health be it physical yeah. or mental or anything like that. And, there, and there's no shame in it. Well, that's what I love about horizons about Horizon World is we met some amazing people that have amazing stories and. If anybody's listening to this or is in here right now, I would really encourage you if, if you have the gift of encouragement or you have you maybe you do counseling and stuff, this is a wonderful place in Horizons in a virtual world in, in the metaverse to be able to even host counseling with people. Because I believe there's people that will go to counseling in the metaverse that wouldn't even go to counseling in the real world because of their friends that might see them. This opens up an opportunity for marriage counseling, for addiction counseling. There's so much that you can do in here because people can come in and not have to worry about people on the outside seeing them and really get that help. So if if you're somebody that is struggling with any kind of issues in life or challenges, seek out some friends that you can trust. And if you're someone that can actually help, like you've got counseling or you're a pastor or whatever you might do, take this serious. Thanks for tuning in to the Stories We Live podcast. And before you go, make sure you hit that subscribe button and we'd love it if you would leave us a review. Hey everyone, I want to take a second and invite you to join us live in the metaverse. You can join us live at the Killer Bee Studios. All you need is your very own VR headset. You can order an Oculus headset using the affiliate link in our show notes. Not only does it help support what we're doing here at Killer Bee, but Meta will also hook you up with some cool reward points. So be sure to check out the link in our show notes. And we hope to see you at our virtual studio.